Hey, welcome to Braves Country. So our guest today on the Braves Country podcast is the sidearm right-handed relief pitcher for the 1995 Braves World Championship team, and we're honored to welcome Brad Klontz to Braves Country. Buddy, what's going on? It's a pleasure to talk to you. Well, I appreciate it, man. It's nice to be back in Atlanta. I've moved to Florida recently, so I just got back in town this week for a, a couple weeks and uh, enjoyed seeing some old faces. This episode of Braves Country is sponsored by our Braves fan friends down at Century 21, Solomon Properties in Savannah, Georgia, servicing the historic downtown Savannah area, the island area, and Atlanta's beach, beautiful Tybee Island, Georgia. Call Joel Solomon today, 912-604-0896. That's 912-604-0896 for all your real estate needs on the Georgia coast. Braves Country also sponsored by Smith's Old Bar, best live music venue in Atlanta since 1994, located in the heart of Midtown at 1578 Piedmont Avenue, Smith's Old Bar, is a neighborhood joint for everyone. Check out smithsoldbar.com for the current concert calendar and tickets. See y'all at Smith's. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. I was a, a senior in high school when the Braves won the World Series in, ni- in 1995, and, and now my son is a junior, and they've won it again, obviously, in 2021. So it, it's, it, it's kind of come full circle for me. It's been <laughs> such, a, such a cool experience. And, and we'll get into some of that deeper, but just like what was your initial when, – when the Braves looked like they were going to make a run, what was your initial thought? Like, yes, they can get it done, or was it like most everybody else, they've got a 17% chance of doing this? remember you know midway through the season like they, they were calling for Smith maybe yeah. to be canned stuff like that and it was just ridiculous I mean with the injuries they had dealt with and it just felt like if they could just hang in there and get some guys healthy I don't know make make some trades and man if we don't give credit to the GM for the uh, for the trades that he made wow that that's probably maybe the greatest trade of ever for postseason uh, and just the initial um, you know regular season run to get to the postseason for guys that a lot of people didn't even really know who they were. And for the roles that they played in that, it, I was just kind of amazed at how, how well they did. So kudos to those guys. Once once they got to where they were, were in it and looked like they were going to win the East, you know, then I felt like they had a really good chance, strong chance. Once you get in it, whoever's hot is going to win it. You know, and pitching, and they had good pitching, and, and the pitchers, that, uh, the starting pitcher that stepped up, the bullpen was really came on because they had struggled a little bit earlier, and there was questions about that. But, you know, we just uh, we all jumped on boards as fans, and then we just rode the wave. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. It was it was absolutely incredible to see, and we and we won't get into this deep. But then Georgia wins the national championship. So you have in a in a city that had been kind of trying to get a title and almost looked like they just couldn't get out of their own way. You know, with the with the Dodgers and the Braves and Alabama with the the Bulldogs, and then all of a sudden it just it 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 falls in your lap. It, for a, a person that was born and raised in Georgia, I couldn't wrap my head around this. Just having back to back championships like that. 
Yeah, that, that's pretty amazing. Um, you know, because the, the kind of the laughter in, in the United States is, oh, uh, Atlanta can't win that's a right. you know world championship. So you know it's kind of a bad bad thing to have hanging over your head, and and you almost feel like the players start to kind of hear the little bit of that chatter, you know, especially come playoff times. And if you can't win it, then you start to believe it a little bit. So uh, I, I, that was amazing that the Braves got through there. That we got to relive it as 95 players, kind of the same emotional, uh, uh, you know, things that we dealt with then. And then for Georgia fans, I'm a Virginia Tech guy, you know, so. But, yeah, sure. Uh, I, I love Georgia. I don't really have any. I feel like Virginia Tech is almost want to be a, um, a Georgia if we could ever get there with, uh, but, you know, that we had never won anything but have plenty of good teams. So uh, I love everything that Georgia from Mark Rick, what he stood for, and, um, you know, the coaching staff they got there now. I was pleased because I got a ton of Georgia uh, buddies that, um, you know, have been waiting for that for a long time as well. Talking to Brad Klontz of the 1995 Braves World Championship team. Hey, Brad, I wanted to ask you, what are these players going through right now? You're uniquely qualified to tell us, coming out of a World Series championship and oh, yeah, heading, in, right. you know, heading into spring training, what's going through their heads and, and how are they feeling now? Well, I mean, they're a lockout, right? Yes. Yeah, you dealt with that. You dealt with that as well. You dealt with a labor yeah, dispute as well. So, so you, you really know. Uh, you know, and so long ago that people probably wouldn't even realize I was involved in that because I, you know, that was only in my second year. I'd gone two two full seasons of a minor league ball, so I just got put on the roster, forty uh, man roster, in that spring uh, going or that fall going into spring in '95. So. We're on strike, and I have never even been in a major league game. Never been in, in a major league spring training game, and and I had no money. I, I'm like, I'm just, you know, I'm stressed because it's like I got to go to work. I've got to try to, you know, make some money and make my dreams come true. And I remember Glavin called us and said, "You guys can't go to spring training. You can't show up at all. Like we're in this together. I know you guys aren't on. You know, you just got put on the roster. It may not make sense to you, but you know, this is this is what it's all about. We got to stick together. And uh, and so. We ended up not going to spring training that year, I think like the first week of April. So, and then we had like a f- three or four week spring training, and started April 26th as our first first game. So it, it, it's it's very similar, um, you know. The, Coming off a of World Series, I guess they can celebrate a little bit longer. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, uh, but you know, I know they're anxious to get back and get this thing behind them, and uh, you know, have a healthy future. Do you think they're confident going? In, do you think that anybody who wins a World Championship goes into the next season thinking they're going to repeat, or do you think like, wow, we got one? One hundred percent. You even do? A question. Okay. Oh, All right. Yes. I mean, it's like once you get there and you do it, you expect to win it every year. I mean, we won my first year. We lost to the Yankees the second year, but we were up 2-0. And, like, and then that just kind of like stunned us, you know. We just kind of yeah. like, how did that happen? It's like we can replay it our minds over and over again and can't ever figure out, you know, one pitch. I mean, what happened, this, that, so-and-so. Like, how did it turn? Like, it's a, uh, the whole series, you know. But – uh, I promise you, 97, we thought we was going to win again because we had the same group of guys back and, you know, a couple guys different. Lofton came in and Justice left and Marquis left, but uh, we still had the same mentality. You, you got those Cy Young award-winning uh, pitchers and Chipper and, and then Bobby Cox at the helm, and uh, why wouldn't we win it again? So every year when, you, when you're when you good like that, you, you believe you're going to win it, and that's, that's the ultimate goal. Man, speaking of watching or replaying something over and over again in your mind, I've been looking at some old YouTube videos, uh, and, man, in that 95, I guess, or maybe it was a 96 World Series, there's this clip of you 
uh, dealing with uh, Daryl Strawberry, man. You look, you made him look foolish, and I love watching it. <laughs> you remember that? Oh, that's a great one because you know what? I, I, I guess I wasn't big enough name <laughs> uh, to have many YouTube videos out there, but uh, if anybody asks, I say, yeah, I guess I got one good one. And, and the reason I, I love it is because when I was in college, even in college, I, um, I had posters of Don Mattingly, Daryl Strawberry, Eric Davis, Nola Ryan. Uh, and and somebody else. Oh, uh, Jose Canseco on my walls. And so, like to me, Strawberry and Eric Davis, they were just. I mean, right and left handed power, speed, like mm-hmm. just. They were just athletes, you know. And it's like, so when I got when I came up to when he came up to to the plate, that game was bases loaded, and we were in extra innings, and it's like I had to hold him right there. But I literally was so amped up because I'm like, man, this is the guy that I had, you know, like I looked up to for so long. And, and I, you know, if, if you see the replays, it was all the pitches he swung at were fastballs. So, mm-hmm. cause I had a lot of, a lot of movement uh, on my sinker that night. Um, and the, the ones that were balls were me trying to throw a change up or a backdoor slider that stunk. <laughs> and so he just spit on them. He didn't even t- attempt to swing at them, but the fastballs were, were really good. Well, Eddie Perez was catching that night. He comes in, he says, Jesus, Clancy, what are you, what, what's going on with you? You never <laughs> throw so hard in your life. <laughs> and, and I'm like, man, that dude, that's Daryl Starberry, you know? So yeah, I, I was yeah. so pumped. Just to face Daryl Starbird base loaded and strike him out, I was I was just jacked up, and, uh, and so it, it, the, the fact that he noticed it, that yeah, it is pretty cool. Yeah, that's unbelievable. I love stories like those because it 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 gives some insight to you know the mind of a big leaguer, which ninety nine point nine 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 percent of us will never be, but we always watch and we always look up to. So just to have that human element, I think, is so interesting in your description of that. Absolutely, that's so cool. Want a, you want a real story? Yes, of course we do. What do you <laughs> okay. talk about? What question is that? <laughs> Only my closest friends know the story. So, um, my in '95 when we went to Cleveland, <clears throat> if you recall, I had to come. My first appearance, I had to come in for Smoltz base loaded. Uh, I think it was third inning. We're down four to one, and uh, so I came in. I didn't know the situation. Ned Jost was our bullpen coach, and he said, "Klaus, get it going. I need you to hurry. You know, uh, Ramirez is on his next guy. Can you get ready?" And, and it was like the next guy. I didn't even throw a pitch. I threw literally two pitches in the bullpen. I said, "Ned, I'm ready." Like I was so wow. jacked up. Okay, born, born ready. And, and he said, he said, you serious? I said, Ned, I'm ready. And and so Bobby threw his hand up, and, and so I came in. Well, I was okay throwing my warm-up pitches. It was just because you just get loose. You just Okay, it's, it's normal. And But when I got the ball back, and then they started announcing, and then here comes the crowd, and the play started. The whole stadium was moving, like shaking. Wow. And I'm like, oh. And, and then it hit me, like, where I was at, the moment, how big it was, bases loaded, Manny Ramirez at the plate. Not a base loaded situation. Bobby loved to put me in those things. Uh, <laughs> and, and so when I came set, I can't remember who the um, the umpire was, right? Who would be standing right behind me, you know, the second base umpire, and he's on the infield. And when I came set, my back leg was trembling. Wow. When I mean trembling, I'm talking about shaking hard. I stepped off because I thought they were going to call a ball call me. <laughs> and, and, and literally, like, you. you I can't express if you've never been in that situation before. You think it's the same. But when I watch NBA player trying to shoot a free throw in, in game seven, that's you know maybe not a marquee player. The amount of emotions that you deal with there, are you've never dealt with them before. I promise you that. Yeah. And so that was my first experience. And so it was, it was so almost overwhelming that I had to step off. I had to compose myself, get my breathing right, 
stepped back on. I was still my leg was still shaking a little bit, but I threw a strike. So when I threw the strike, you kind of calm down. You're like, okay, it's no it's no big big deal. Same thing. You just got to calm yourself, right? And so then I get a ground ball double play. We get out of the inning. So now when I go go sit down, I'm so calm now. When I go back out, it's like I did it a million times. That's and I did. Awesome. I never had that much anxiety or nervousness about. A, any um, major league game or pitch inning again. You just got to prove it to yourself one time. But until you're in that moment, you'll never know what your body feels like. So when you see pressurized situations, I promise you they're going through some stuff mentally and, and emotionally. I love that. I love it. Just that description is so good. The stadium shaking and so are your knees and you had to prove it to yourself. That's that's the that's the biggest part of it because I, I think you know no matter what it is, if it if you work at a if you're a truck driver or I, I, whatever whatever you do, you know until you've done it. You know, in your profession for the first few times, it takes a little while. Like, I'll give you an example for me. When I was in the Navy, I was uh, I was uh, working in the uh, Combat Information Center, and they're like, okay, we need you. And I'd just gone through A school. We need you to do a, a maneuvering board to navigate around the ship that's coming toward us. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, oh, my God. You know, no, no problem. Kid. No, yeah, Get in there, kid. It, yeah, like, and, and to me, the, the officer that, you know, the, uh, com, uh, the CICO, man, uh, combat information center officer was like yeah just knock it out and i was in my head i was like yes sir and in my head i was doing exactly what you described but not in front of you know thousands of people no you can't show them right yeah you got to pretend (laughs) fake it till you make it a little bit (laughs) no that's exactly right so go ahead hey brad hey brad uh brad klontza what would you tell kids coming up through high school ball and and uh just getting started that you wish you had known as a kid coming up about pitching and, and, and just being a professional? Um, probably the thing that Greg Maddox tried to teach me, um, I think maybe my, my – I think it may have been 96. He left me alone my first year because I, I had such a great uh, rookie year. Uh, he didn't say that. Maybe it might, might have been 96. could have been 97. Um, he, we were in outfit one day, and he's like, you know, plus he said, are you a Max Shepard-type pitcher? And I'm like, I, I mean, I, I don't think so. But I mean, I, I, I pretty much cut loose every pitch. I'm not trying to hold back anything. He said, "You ever try to take something off your fastball?" I'm like, "Why would I do that?" <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> he said, "Well, you know, <clears throat> for example, you know, your what's your best pitch?" And he goes, Fa- uh, "Sinker, fastball, sinker, you know, slider, change up third. He said, do you use your changeup? I said, not very often, not especially not. He said, you don't use it behind the count. And I said, no. I mean, I'm just, you know, it's my third best pitch. I, I'm, you know, if, if it's on that day, I will. But I have to throw a few to kind of see where it's at. And, you know, it's just, every, my other two pitches I trust all the time. So he said, all right, well, he said, since you don't have that third pitch that you're confident in, why don't you try throw an 85% fastball next time you're in 2 0 and, and see what – because all you're trying to do is move it off the center of the bat, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so if you throw his timing off just a, a, a millisecond and get the, the ball off the barrel of the bat to the end of the bat or whatever, then it's not going anywhere. It's going to be hit softly, and you're probably going to get it out. It's going to sink a little bit more. And I'm like, man, it's it's easy for you to say that, Greg Maddox. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you can let up and, and, and take something off of a fastball and, and two oh three okay. I said, but you know, my guaranteed spot on the team, I haven't proven myself that well yet. You know, it's like, man, do I want to get beat taking something off fastball? So it it, it, it set my mind always, and I'm like, man, it's just it sounds great, but I've never done it, and 
And so it took me to about 2001, and I'd had my second surgery, and I was in AAA in Colorado Springs, and you can't throw any breaking balls worth worth a darn out there because of the 6,800 foot altitude. And so, but I had uh, actually it's 2003. Um, I had the best season, probably one of the best seasons ever in Colorado Springs. I had 30 saves, which is a record, mm-hmm. and I had like a two something ERA. And I learned because I couldn't throw sliders like I wanted to. I learned to throw take. Um, stuff off my fastball ahead to count. I mean, behind the count. And I was throwing like a, you know, if I threw 88, I was throwing an 83, 84 mile an hour fastball. And it worked like a charm. And I, and I was kicking myself in the rear end for years for not <laughs> using that in the big leagues because Greg Maddox told me to do it. And I never tried it in the big leagues. And you know what? It may have cost me uh, extra time because I never got back to the big leagues. And uh, so, but it, I had a heck of a triple A career until 2007, you know, so it got me uh, six, seven more years of triple A towards the end of my career that, you know, pitching like that. So I just wish that applied it more so you don't kids you don't have to pitch with uh max effort it doesn't do any good your your techniques your your mechanics fall apart when you do that the ball doesn't come out as good um you know the more relaxed and you stay firm and then take a little bit off it'll help you out and and then maybe another lesson is if uh you know if, if greg maddox ever gives you any pitching advice just take it you know? Number one, that's the number one. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I wanted to ask you, I love, I loved your pitching style, and and I was a fan of just watching great sidearm, sidewinder, submariner, whatever you want to call it, pitchers like Dennis Eckersley, Kent Tacovey, of course, the, 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 yeah, Quisenberry, the great brave Gene Garber, of course, Gino. Yep. And uh, tell us how you developed that that sidearm style, and what do you prefer, sidearm, sidewinder, submariner? How, um, tell us about that. You know, I think I was a little bit of both. I was a submarine sometimes in my career, and I kind of got a little more sidearm. But, you know, I, I threw harder than any of those guys. You know, I, I topped out at 92, 93, but I, I said it, you know, 89 to 91 pretty much every day. Um, so sidearm was – I got a little more uh, velocity. Uh, submarine, I felt like I got a little more sink. Um, but it was hard to stay all the way down. It's, it's pretty – pretty tough on your back and if you look at that motion that's a lot of torque and twisting and and bending and popping up and um but you know sidearm was pretty much my style you think that's a more natural delivery or, or is that why you went with it yeah like like i emulated ozzy smith um you know to get how i became about that um so when i was little league-ish you know uh 12 uh, 11, 12, you know, my um, my coach, my, my best friend's dad, he wouldn't allow us to throw breaking balls until I was like 13. And so uh, as a pitcher, like I emulated everything as Isaac Smith from shortstop. You know, I'd get it. And I could throw it from deep in the hole, sidearm, and hit hit the, um, you know, first baseman right in, right in the mid, right in the chest. So I figured, like, if I could throw it that far across the diamond and hit the guy on target every time, why don't I pitch like that? So when I was a little league, I'd throw a fastball overhand, a fastball sidearm. That was my different pitch. So, you know, we went undefeated. We went state, all that stuff uh, at a young age. But then once I got into high school and um, this, you know, JV and whatnot, we we started um, messing around and out a breaking ball from there. And back then, you, the seams, I don't know if you guys picked up the, the NCAA baseballs, how thick those seams were. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. I mean, it, like a, a Major League Baseball is a cue ball. There's literally no seams at all. And, and it looks like there's a seam, but you touch it and there's no seam on that. Yeah. <laughs> I think they just paint them on there now. <laughs> That's right. They changed it but, up a bunch. Um, 
th- those other balls back in the day, you could spin those things like crazy. I could make, I could throw that sweeping slider and start it at the guy's hip, and it'd be outside the left-hand batter's box for time it stopped breaking. So yes. once I learned to do that, just playing catch, I started incorporating the game. So I ended up having four pitches, five pitches. I threw overhand, fastball, and curveball, and then I threw a, a sidearm. Uh, fastball and, and sweeping slider, or you know frisbee, what we like to call it, mm-hmm. had that that kind of action towards it. And and I used I used both of, all of them uh, through high school. You know, all state do all that. Get to college for well, the great late Chuck Hartman, the one of the greatest high school, college baseball coaches ever. I think he's still top seven or eight all time wins at Virginia Tech. He saw me, my, my brought me in my uh, freshman year, and that that fall game, he said, I want you to do, do me a favor. He goes, I want you to throw this inning the way you pitch, how you do it, okay? So had a, had a good inning, you know, you know, maybe one strikeout, you know, a couple ground balls. Go, he asked me to go back out the second inning and throw his way. Fastball and slider from sidearm only, no overhand. And I struck out the side on nine pitches. Goodness. <laughs> and of course, he looks at me with a big smile on his face. And, of course, I'm grinning. And he's like, what do you think, big guy? I was like, man, that's pretty good, you know. He said, well, this is why. He goes, we're going to use you. You're going to be our starter for the next three years. But um, we have Mike Williams. Remember Mike Williams? Yes. Uh, closer for the Phillies, Pirates, and the teams. Uh, Mike was uh, a junior. And then we had three other um, senior upperclassmen starters. So he's like, we're going to use you as a closer. And so we use you, you know, two or three innings late. But I don't think you need two arm angles, four or five pitches. I think you can be dominant with those two. And we think you're a little bit firmer there. And you, and you obviously your slider works way better. And so, you know, I've had an unbelievable freshman year. And, and, and I bought into what Coach Hartman asked me to do. And, you know, I rode with it. I, I, I didn't go back over top my, my sophomore year when I started. I pitched as a side armor. Um, as a starter, my sophomore and junior year, and broke Virginia Tech records as as wins. I think it still stands at twelve, and uh, I think I had strikeout lead and uh, most in his pitch as a side armor Goodness. as a starter. So That's incredible. Out. Thanks to Coach Hartman. Yeah, no yeah, doubt about it. it. We're talking to uh, world champion Braves pitcher Brad Cons on the Braves Country Podcast here on the Atlanta Braves Radio Network. Tuck Gower along with Scott Munn, and I want to ask you about another guy that I have a feeling probably had some major influence on you as he did the big three for the Atlanta Braves, and that's Rock and Leo. <laughs> oh, Leo, man, he what a character that guy is, man. It's just a beauty to have him around still these days when we do alumni stuff or, or maybe some appearances of some children's stuff. Um, you know, the guy was so, had so much knowledge, and he was really, you know, there's a reason that those guys, you know, those guys are talented, but believe it, believe it or not, Leo had a lot to do with it too because he he helped those guys work and 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 fine tune their craft, you know, to make them the Hall of Famers they are. So I like to give him credit too, you know, for 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 me working with me, he he, he kind of had to learn, you know, he, he had he's how can he tell a sidearm pitcher how to pitch? Right. He don't, he's never done it. He's right. never felt it. Um, what is he looking for? So he had to study me and watch. And I could hear certain times. And, and with me, it was fine. Some days I might be a little bit off and I'm not dialed in and hitting my spots. And it could be one little, my, my front left shoulder is just popping open just a hair too soon. Yeah, that's hard to see. If you're looking at it as a fan or anybody, you're not going to be able to tell that's, that's right. any different. You know what I'm saying? You guys looking at it like, I don't see what he's doing wrong, mm-hmm. but he could see it. And he's and he he would let me know. Or maybe maybe I'm stepping three, four inches to the left of what I normally step. That's pulling my body open. He would see stuff like that and and, and, and relay it to me. I make the, the um, correction and all of a sudden back in the zone. Hey, Brad Klontz, uh, that's amazing stuff. Just the fact that you worked with Leo Mazzoni and, of course, the guy sitting next to him, 
uh, running the show, was one of my all-time favorites and a lot of people's, the great Bobby Cox. And I really took it seriously when he retired. I kind of went nuts and took the summer off and led the, uh, I led the uh, Thanks Bobby fan movement. And uh, I know he's special to you, too. Can you tell us what it was really like to play for the great Bobby Cox? And what are some of the life lessons that you learned from Bobby that you still use today? Well, you know, he, he first of all, I, I, I think it like it's spring training, one of the first things, my first spring training in West Palm. And, you know, he, he just, out of his mouth, he goes, all you guys are men, you're major league players, you're professionals. Act like one. What else needs to be said? Nothing. You know? Uh, okay, like so, you know, he wasn't a big fan of the, the flashy stuff, so he didn't allow the Oakleys in the beginning. Um, any shoe that had extra, you know, white material, you know, any funky shoe, like he just wanted plain black with a with a logo, right? And so he was old school like that. But but you know, being on time, stuff like that, accountable. That's that's all. If you if you did anything that you couldn't be look like you knew what it was right to be a businessman and be on time and 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 to do your job and prepare, it, listen, it's your life. It's your paycheck, you know. It's simple as that. You get prepared for the games. I don't. We don't need to go out here and do all. We didn't stretch. I don't know if you guys know this, but we didn't do a team stretch. We were the only team I ever saw in the major leagues that didn't go out as a team and stretch for my first three years. Wow. We, we did it on our own. You know, I, I well, feel you like did it, you did it at home yeah. before you came to the park. We, no, that we right? got to the we did park. it on our own. You just go out on the field. Uh-huh. And do it on your own. You watch every other team, they get together. They run their little calisthenics back and forth. They do their stretching. Duh, 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 duh. You know, then they play catch. Yeah. Well, guys, you see guys come out, they're doing their own stretching, whatever. We didn't line up and do sprints and stuff as a team. Because, you know, nobody really knows that. But because, I mean, it's just the guys who play. And I'm like, damn, this is crazy. That's what he <laughs> talked about, of being a professional. You know what it takes to get your body ready. Why do we don't need to go out there and do all these sprints and do all the stretch, whatever? You go stretch, get ready. You right. tear your hamstring, you're on the bench. I mean, you can't help us then be a professional. You know what it takes to get ready. That's what it's trying to get us to understand. So, and we did that. We didn't. We didn't have injuries. We didn't. No, we didn't have guys going down. And, and people took care of them. to go to go do. Um, your training as pitchers. Leo's like, oh, give me 10, 10 sprints today. Uh, give me four poles. <laughs> do what you need to get your body ready. You're, you're a starter. Go do some uh, extra distance running. If you're, if you're a reliever, let's do some power work, some sprint work, do stuff like that. He didn't make us do all we – that like most teams tell you, you got to do this amount, right. do this amount, do this amount. Right. They let us go, and it was crazy, and we won. And but we knew what it took to to be a professional and get things done. Now, Bobby, the best story I got is Bobby. He's always got the players back. You, we all know stories about him getting t- thrown out all uh, how many times, and and Maddox getting <laughs> getting him thrown out right. of games, right. you know, stuff like that. You've heard all those stories, which is amazing. Uh, but he he was always had your back, no matter whether it's, if you were arguing a play. Or if you maybe had a, a little bit of a, a slump or, or struggle, and I, he walked me out. I'd given up runs. Um, it's '96. I'd given up runs, and in like three or four straight games, and it's like, oh, I've never done this before, you know? Like, what, what happened, you know? And so it's first time you, you, as a player, I kind of got a little bit of doubt. Like, what's going on? He gave up two, gave up one, gave up two, and so we're in Chicago, and he walked me down to uh, just right right before BP, he walked me down the um, foul line, and I was getting ready to go out and play catch. And he said, hey, hey, he goes, look, I, I know you, you know, you're starting to, start to get behind a lot of hitters. You look like you're starting to feel for the baseball, maybe you have a little doubt. He goes, I want you to know you're my horse. You know, I'm going to ride you till I can't ride you anymore. And so it comes around tonight, 
it was the same situation. You're back in there, okay? I just needed to hear that. But my, my chin lifted up, and for him to know that I'd struggled for the first time in my life, and he came in and took the time to walk me down and tell me uh, how important I was to the team and that he had my support, that got me right back in. That's all I need to do. Sometimes yeah. a, a kid just needs to be lifted up, and when you don't even realize it, we're all super supermen, uh, you think, we think, and, but we all get fragile at some point in time because, you know, it comes, the game is humbling. And, and so he picked the right times to pick guys up, and that, that was extremely important. Yeah, just part of the expertise that Bobby Cox had. Another guy I want to ask you about is a guy that uh, you were a rookie with and you won the World Series together with, and I know that uh, you play some golf with. This episode of Braves Country is sponsored by our Braves fan friends down at Century 21, Solomon Properties in Savannah, Georgia, servicing the historic downtown Savannah area, the island area, and Atlanta's beach, beautiful Tybee Island, Georgia. Call Joel Solomon today, 912-604-0896. That's 912-604-0896 for all your real estate needs on the Georgia coast. Braves Country, also sponsored by Smith's Old Bar, best live music venue in Atlanta since 1994, located in the heart of Midtown at 1578 Piedmont Avenue. Smith's Old Bar is a neighborhood joint for everyone. Check out smithsoldbar.com for the current concert calendar and tickets. See y'all at Smith's. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Another guy I want to ask you about is a guy that uh, you were a rookie with and you won the World Series together with, and I know that uh, you play some golf with, and that's Chipper Jones in, in a group with Adam Blank and Andrew Jones. I bet you guys, because how how competitive you've described yourself being and how competitive we know professional athletes are, you have to be to get to that level. I can only imagine the level of competition on a golf course with with y'all. <laughs> it, it's pretty good. I mean, because cause everybody can play, you know. It's it's um, it's gotten pretty – we haven't played as much. I've kind of been traveling a lot and we're working and, and down in Florida now. But when we play – it's you know it's for real. Who cares about, who cares about the money? It's all really. I just want to beat Chipper. I want to beat Andrew. I don't beat Blank. You know, it, it's more of like uh huh. Yeah, give give me that money just because I got you. Not not how much it is. <laughs> I just right. got you. You owe right. me. You know. I so it. it's all just fun. But uh, we do get competitive. I mean, the stakes go up. You get seventeen, eighteen, and all of a sudden the the, the money's out of control. Where it was like we're betting two dollars a, a hole. What? How did we get to a hundred dollars a hole? You know? <laughs> Man, uh, our mutual buddy. Adam Blank from Blank Records and Live at the Print Shop, uh, which is a great music TV show uh, on the internet. Um, he tells me, though, that out there that you really uh, sometimes hit him a little better when you s- kind of steal slash borrow his driver. Is that true? <laughs> Oh yeah, that's yeah. Well, at his course too. So it's only yeah, it's, right. it's funny. It's the only time I ever use his ping, whatever 
85 or 90, whatever they're up to now. Uh, right. uh, but, yeah, it's like a couple of days I have not been able to hit my driver out there. And I've literally take, taken his, and I've never missed a fairway with it. And it's like So I, it's one of the things, like, should I buy it? But you know as soon as you buy it, you won't ever hit it again. No doubt about it. Goodness gracious. And, you know, I, I, we're talking to uh, World Series champion, Braves pitcher Brad Klontz. I hear you're an EDM fan, but being from Virginia and you sound kind of like I do a little bit, I thought for sure you'd be a country music fan. <laughs> you know what? I, I, growing up, I, I was kind of the kid that could listen to anything. I would I would be with my Van Halen buddies one night. I would be um, with all my boys and hooping and, and hip-hopping. And, and then we would be, um, you know, with, with uh, some of uh, my my mountain, we see we we. If you live below the mountain, you you know Patrick County, Stewart, Virginia, you know mountain on top of the mountain is part of the county, so they come off. So if I was with my mountain boys up there, we listen to country music. So uh, I okay. listen to everything. I, you know, uh, EDM was kind of like, you know, when you're in the in in the industry that we were in and just going out and uh, like I've, I've worked in casino business for 12 years. Like all the clubs are EDM, so you know they made it fun. EDM became pretty cool over the last 15 years, and and especially when it became more. Uh, pop oriented and, and getting remixes with you know like Calvin Harris and Rihanna or something like that made the songs a little bit better so but no I, I can listen to anything you know put me on a boat somewhere and I'm gonna listen to some Margaritaville you know hey I uh, know or I read that you uh recorded a two hour long dubstep mixes and released them in 2012 on SoundCloud are you are you still releasing music and making music or what's going on with that <laughs> no it Oh, I'm going to break this out on podcast for the first time ever. <laughs> well, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Information time. Here we go. And, and this is the greatest story I okay. can probably ever tell you guys. So one night, uh, so I, I had this, uh, you know, this, I forget the um, the thing that I used on, it was like, um, like I can't, not, some, not Apple or some sort of music um app on, on the computer that you can put your own mixes on. I can't even remember. Anyway, um, so I, I created all these music. I'd make my own. I, I just kind of pick songs, sample songs out of Beatport, and and just trying to make my own mixes. I like break break beat mixes because I kind of grew up on a break break dancing era. And and even in Patrick County, Virginia, we still had break dancing. But uh, um, so I, I kind of made a mix and uh, and I uploaded it. To, it was on SoundCloud, right? Yep. And so I had my own SoundCloud page, and I I would you know create my own mixes and upload them there. And well, Chipper was with me, and I got Chipper on the um, Twitter. And got got him started doing stuff like that. Well, one night we were back at uh, at his house, and and uh, I grabbed and his phone was on, and I said, you know what? I clicked on my page on Twitter, and and uh, I had just posted that mix, and I I as Chipper Jones, I took his phone, and I was like posted something that Chipper said, but it was actually me. <laughs> I, put, I put my own words in, acting like I was Chipper, <laughs> to promote my own SoundCloud page. And, he, and guess where the, that um, that article in ESPN came from? Uh, that that, that post, yeah, oh, yeah. They, they they were like, "Oh, Chipper Jones talking about Brad Klotz spending <laughs> yeah, DJ tunes." It was really, it was really me. That's so <laughs> awesome. A few beverages about two o'clock in the morning. He was the best. And I was like, "Oh, I got this idea. Let me get some." Because I wanted some followers, you know. Yeah. And yeah. so like, I grabbed his phone, I retweeted it, put my own little twist in it, and it's like, "Yeah, follow Brad Klotz, so and so, whatever." And then the next thing I know, I was in in D.C. with a buddy of mine, and we were at the bar, and I'm like, "Somebody sent me this link from ESPN article." And I'm like, how in the world did they get that? And I'm like, oh, my God, they must have saw Chipper's tweet, did some digging background. <laughs> right. 
Right. That's awesome. That's so, so good. I got some exposure out of it, but no, I was I was I was just messed around with. It. I was never really that great at it at all. And you and Chipper Jones used to uh, kind of go out after the ball games quite a bit back in uh, when you were on the team together, isn't that right? You guys uh, had a good time sometimes. No, nah, we didn't do that. Okay. <laughs> no, never. Never uh, was. What you talking yeah, about? We, we, don't, we don't need to go into all that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Le- leave that in the past. No, look. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like uh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I get it. Yeah, you yeah. know what, though? But uh, but those roots in small town uh, there on the Virginia, North Carolina border, you know, grew, growing up in Stewart, Virginia. Do you still have family there? Is, is still? Yeah, do you still get yeah. up that way a little bit? Yeah. My parents live there. So, and then, you know, um, most of my closest buddies are either there or you know within charlotte area so and i drive guys i've been driving to virginia tech uh from atlanta since 1995 every game i think i missed maybe five games uh so i'm a huge supporter of the program that's awesome Uh, huge tailgate Uh, a lot of alumni come by football players especially um we 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 got into a suite in lane stadium through a buddy of mine here in Atlanta that uh, decided that he wasn't going to use it for a few years. So we kind of took over his portion. So we got lucky to land that. So it's a great time. I, I love Virginia Tech sports more than anything, especially football. It's just, you know, it's what you do. You, you Georgia Bulldogs. Guys, yeah. I mean, I get it, man. We're, we're as passionate as they are. I know they are. Uh, I know they are. Do, I think, I think we got the right staff in there now, and, and the sporting staff, the coaching staff he brought with him is is phenomenal. So I think you're going to see a quick turnaround pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm, look, I've been married 21 years now, and but when I but well before I was married, and I was stationed in Norfolk, we used to go down to Blacksburg occasionally, and uh, you know had some friends and a girlfriend down there that spent some time with. So I got on campus a couple times, and it is gorgeous. What a beautiful, Absolutely beautiful, beautiful right? campus. And and then you guys had uh, Frank Beamer, who uh, you know is is legendary, and now his son. Shane is doing really, really yep. good things, and and uh, so that Virginia Tech tree has you know spawned some really, uh, really great coaches. And look, there's nothing better than Enter Sandman on a uh, on a Saturday night in Blacksburg, Virginia. Not, not even close. I, I've, I've been to uh, pretty much every stadium you can think of with interests, and it, nothing can touch that. It never will. But you know, but if you don't win and you don't win at home, yeah. what's the point? You know, so that's that's kind of what we're trying to get over, man. It's like you got a home field advantage, we don't take advantage of it, so it's not home field, right? <laughs> now, Brad Klontz, I know in 2011 you were inducted into the Virginia Tech Sports Hall of Fame. How did that feel to be recognized by your alma mater like that? It, it just it gave me that sense of pride and and like accomplishment because it, it was what allowed me to be where I'm at today. It, it's, it provided, you know, uh, you know, a house and a car and, and, and uh, parents a car, stuff like that, paid my brother's college tuition off. Uh, so it helped other people in my family. And then to be able to, um, you know, keep going and, and the, the, the avenues that opened up business-wise for me just because, I mean, I got into being a casino um agent and representative for casinos after baseball but it was because john smoltz got me and john smoltz and avery and those guys got me playing cards on the plane and then they had limos take us to um atlantic city from philly when we we're there so that that introduced me to that so without all these you know little uh uh help and guidelines then i i don't know where i'd be at today so blacksburg started it um i always like that's that's home to us and to anytime i can get back there is just special um, and then being in the Hall of Fame. So I told my mom, Mom, you know what? Michael Vick and D'Angelo Hall, who are t- two, of my, two of my buddies, you know, they got inducted, you know, last four or five years, I guess. But when I was in the Hall of Fame, okay, I'm like, I'm in Bruce Smith's Hall of Fame. Like, that's unbelievable. And then 
when D'Angelo and Mike got, got inducted, I go, Mom, I know I made it big now that Mike Vick and D'Angelo Hall are in the same Hall of Fame that That's I am. right. That's, that's big time <laughs> that right was, there. That was the final thing for me to realize my accomplishments and what I did and, and to be proud of it and, and to be thankful talking to uh Braves pitcher and World Series champion Brad Klontz. Can you can you compare being inducted into the Virginia Tech Sports Hall of Fame and winning a World Series? Are those comparable? Or are they are they just two totally so separate things or just both amazing? I think I think they just go hand in hand, you know. Um I, I think I'm probably most proud of being in Virginia Tech Hall of Fame. I'm most um excited and like the most unbelievable thing that happened to me was winning the World Series. So it's like, you know, they both go hand in hand. And I, I, I wouldn't say, I don't know, they win the World Series. Pretty special. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty incredible. No doubt <laughs> about it. That, that would definitely be the topper. But but that, that just goes to show you how much I love Virginia Tech. And yeah. That's my, my heart and soul. And I, I, it, for me, putting on the same pedestal as winning uh, a World Championship, that, that's how much it means to me. And that, that's the reason I asked you that, because I kind of got that impression. I could just hear the – the the pride and admiration that you had in the university and and just you know, just all that together is so huge. But I want to steer you in, in another little bit of a direction. And what was it like? Because I I know with my own son who's seventeen and he's gotten some co- phone calls from some uh, programs and he's talked on the phone as a junior in high school and and he's talked on the phone with a few college coaches and we think he has that ability to play. So with your dad being probably the first person you played catch with and he probably threw the first pitch and showed you how to swing a bat, what was it like to have your dad with you and and see you win the World Series? Well, I mean, it's it's dad, I mean, and that's your your pride. I mean, that's 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 pops, you know, like so just I mean, to see a tear in his eye is that's all you need to see because that that means you've really made him proud, and uh, but you know it's, it's not just dad, it's mom. It's, oh sure, you know your best friend. It's it's your best friend's dad who see my best friend's dad. Pretty much, um, he played baseball at Wake Forest, so he he had more to do with it than my actual father uh, or my stepdad. But my my best friend's uh, dad played at Wake Forest. Coach, you remember Jack Stallings, coach of George yes. Southern? Yes, yes. Yeah, so, so Jack was his coach at Wake Forest. And uh, so uh, my best friend and I would came to Georgia Southern baseball camp my junior and going into my junior and going into my senior year two years in a row. I I wanted to go to Georgia Southern more than anything because of my camp experience and, and we did so well. And, and and that story led into we actually played. Jack didn't offer me a scholarship. He told uh, our best friend's dad that he felt like. Uh, we might get homesick. I'm like, I guess he didn't know who we were too well. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Uh, we'd have gone, gone to Alaska to play if you told us it was a baseball game. Like <laughs> That's that. right. Uh, uh, but my junior year, we played, Virginia Tech played at Georgia Southern. Todd Green was on that team, right? Yeah. Led, led, led the nation to home runs. Uh, they'd gone to, to the World Series like a couple years before that. And <clears> – <throat> I threw, I think we won thirteen to one. I had fifteen punch outs and threw a complete game and I struck out Todd four times and, and and then they had another big hit in first base but I struck out like five times. So it was like hit they were hitting four and five. And uh Coach Stylins uh after the game come up to you goes I guess I should have gave you that scholarship, huh? And I just started cracking up laughing and smiling. I said, yeah, Coach, you should have gave it to me. Yeah, man. <laughs> so that was a great moment for me in, in college history. No doubt about it, man. So where where does faith come in because faith is really important to me and i think baseball is uh is one of those games that you have to have 
faith. You know, it, it, there's a great book called, uh, you know, Finding God Through Baseball, which is a different story altogether. But I just feel like that faith is a big, big part of playing games and big part of, you know, life in general. And, and that usually comes from family. What does faith mean to you? Are you, are you a faithful guy? I feel like I saw some stuff on Twitter that yeah. uh, might indicate you yeah. are. Absolutely. You know, that's that's tribute to mom getting my butt in church every Sunday, right. you know. Here, and, here. Uh, Amen. You know, it just, you know, you growing up, Stewart, Virginia is so small. But let me tell you something. There's, there's, I mean, I'm sure there's a couple bad apples in there, but everybody is is a Christian and faith-driven. And, and, you know, it's yes, sir, yes, ma'am. You're respectful. You, 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 know, you try to do right. We're all sinners, let's be honest with you. That's I mean, right. we try not to. And uh, But, um, you know, I try to get better every day with my walk, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm, that's something I've, my, that my mother instilled in me and I'm thankful for it because all the, any time, hard times and, and stressful times and, and even glorious times, I, I turn to God and, and give him praise and, and ask for help when I need it. You there know? you go, so, love like Jesus uh, does, man. I'm with you. Yes, sir. Hey, Brad Klontz, it's an honor to talk with you here on the Braves Radio Network. And, uh, I wanted to ask you about life after baseball. Um, I know you mentioned that you worked in Vegas in the casino industry as a kind of a marketing executive. I know you were with MGM for a while. And since, I think, maybe 2019, I hear you've been in the Bahamas with Bahamar Casino Resort. Uh, tell us about your role with Bahamar. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's a $5 billion resort. So most people know the uh, Atlantis um, is the, the mega uh, property in the Caribbean for a long time, what, 20, 25 years or so now. Um, but uh, Bahamar has been open for about five years so. Uh, they brought me in as the uh, international casino marketing uh, executive. Um, so, you know, I make sure guys come in, want to come in and, and have a, you know, they got three hotel brands. We have SLS, Rosewood, and Grand Hyatt. We have 2,400 rooms. So I make sure that the, the players coming in are set up nice um, suites or regular rooms, Ocean View. We have fountains out front, like kind of Bellagio fountains. Uh, we have Oh, probably 20 swimming pools or, or at least. We have a new $300 million water park that is absolutely amazing. Uh, kind of like a Disney um, Disneyland in the Caribbean almost, um, wow. or Disney World, should I say. Um, but, yeah, the, we have fast slides, slower slides, kid slides. Uh, we have a wave simulator in there now, which is a constant wave that they'll let people – they won't let you surf, but they, they'll teach you how to boogie board and do tricks and stuff. So it's really cool. Uh, so we really have a little bit of everything. Unbelievable restaurants. Golf course is is, is five-star golf course um, that, you know, I, I Smoltz came down and played. He told me that. He goes, he knew the, the, the resort was going to be amazing. He was blown away by how good the golf course was. So, uh, you know, Chipper, Andrew, they all come down. Um, you know, I, I, I got a lot of uh, athletes that call me, want to come visit. So, yeah, yeah, if you're – if you're a big, big uh, gambler and you want to come down to visit the resort, I'm the guy to reach out to for sure. Wow. Indeed, I'm mean, gonna tell you, man. I'm not a big gambler because I can't afford to. Because <laughs> I would be, I would, I would need to like uh, call and ask you for a job after I'd lost my house, and my wife, and my family, and everything. Not, <laughs> so, not me, not me, Brad. I'm coming down there and taking you guys. I'm, I'm taking you guys' money. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. Hey, we, we give it out a lot too. Don't don't kid yeah. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> that's my favorite vacation when I uh, pay for it all and make a little money on at the yeah. casino. You so. know, the best part about this is it's hour forty minute flight 
And Atlantis is 40 minutes, you know, drive from the airport. We are seven miles in literally 10 minutes time you walk out of, out of the airport and you're on our property. So that's that's nice because people are just anxious to get there. But sure. Bahamar is the place. I don't know why. Like now that I go, it's 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 easier to get to Vegas. It, it, I tell a lot of people it's like the it looks like the wind on the Caribbean. That's a good way to describe it. If you ever been to Vegas, go on the wind. How nice that is. That's kind of what we look like. So Braves fans can really get in touch with you, Brad Klontz, the '95 World Championship uh, relief pitcher, and uh, and 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 book a dream casino vacation in the Bahamas. Is that right? There you go. Absolutely. Wow. So we should. I, I see you got a website here, uh, Bahamar.com. B A H A M A R.com. Is that how they get yeah. hold of you? Yeah, you can follow me. Yeah, you could because my information is is on the website. If you can find out where the hosts are, and, and then, but uh, you know, you can find me on Twitter, Brad Klontz, uh Braves fifty two, um, or or you can. Uh, I Instagram is uh, Brad Klontz too as well. So, and you can message me, and and I'll reach back out to you. I, I've actually been scrolling through a lot of messages I hadn't even looked at on on Instagram. I didn't know people were trying to hit me out. I guess because they see my post from Bahamar, and I just kind of neglected to look at some of my um, messaging from people I didn't really know. And then people are asking me like, "Hey, we like we'd love to come. We stay at Ari in Vegas all the time. What could you do?" And I've, I've missed opportunities, I'm sure, but I'm starting to pay more attention to that because uh, people are reaching out for business. Yeah, yeah you know, there's a little more beachfront property in the Bahamas <laughs> than there is in Vegas, so you got that going for you down there. <laughs> well, that water is a little bit more blue too, right? Yeah, yeah. warm. It's always warm, man. I'm telling you, when I was in the Navy, there was no. I, I realized. Brad, that when I was in the military, we spent a lot of time in in you know in the Caribbean and and down near the equator. And I should have been born there. Look, I should have been. I was born in Dalton, Georgia, and I love it. I love being from Georgia better than anything else. But there's a there's a bit of me that goes, I should have been born right here on the Caribbean. <laughs> That's exactly. Well, we all. I think we all have it in us. No doubt. So uh, speaking of you, you being from Virginia, me being from Northwest Georgia, what are some of your favorite uh, Southern foods? Like when when you get back home, or what do you crave? When you when you want something to eat that that reminds you home, country fried steak and, and sawmill gravy, you know Saw. sausage gravy, Saw. oh green beans, corn, mashed potatoes. Uh, what else we miss? <laughs> that sounds good. Where are you gonna get it though? Like if you're in Atlanta, where are you gonna get it? If you're in Virginia, where are you gonna get it? Uh, man, I am a Cracker Barrel fool. <laughs> Let's go. Or Roasters. Roasters on Roswell Road. I yes. just had that yesterday. I roasters love Roasters. It's so yeah, good. Right? My wife's from upstate yeah, New York. Yeah, we'll, we'll grab some lunch. Please. I would love that. I would love that. Seriously. My wife is from upstate New York and had never had, like, southern-style food before, before moving down. We've been married 21 years now. But but prior to that, she didn't know what a meat and three was. She didn't have, And she loves Roasters. That's probably her favorite place to get something like that. Yeah, Roasters are great. So, so true. Yeah. What about and, a barbecue? And the prices are unbelievable. That's, you know? Yes, it is. What about barbecue? If you're going to a barbecue restaurant, where are you going? Oh, put me on the spot, huh? No, man, that's all right. If you don't got one, no, no worries at all. We'll, we'll, we'll edit that right out. Where do I go? I don't even know. Yeah, man, there's so many of them. What's, um, what is it, Pig and Chick? Yes. I think that's probably where I go the most because yeah. it's close. Yeah. So, you know, close to where I did live. Um, uh, oh, oh, no, no, no. Uh, my girlfriend lives over here off of Acres Mill. Um Heirloom. Heirloom. Sweet. I haven't. No, that's that's why I'm, I'm right, making myself a note now. It's. She told me like it's one of the most, uh, oh, big, the best rated barbecue place. It's in right beside a gas station. <laughs> 
It, like you know, it doesn't even look like a restaurant. I think people just pick up food all the time. I don't even. I still <laughs> well, don't know how they, how they do it. I, and, and like I had some brisket from there the other day, and I was blown away. I, did, I grew up. Barbecue. I grew up you know, eating at a gas station. Favorite market back up in Dalton, Georgia. <laughs> they had all kinds of good chicken fingers and barbecue and all that. So yeah, don't, yeah, don't worry about telling me about going to a gas station. I'm in. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta try it because it's right next to the near the stadium, so it's it's right far. Yeah, which is right where we are here at Dickey Broadcasting. Yep. Hey, Brad Klontz, we always love to see you at the Braves alumni weekends and uh, and other Braves events. Will you continue to do those appearances uh, now that you're down in the Bahamas and and come up here and wear that championship ring so the fans can meet you and. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's a great time. It's nothing better than getting back to see the guys. And I mean, you know, you, I've met so many guys that played before our time. You know, like like and get to listen to their stories. It's just great. I mean, you see everybody, and you see guys that are young now. So the guy, the younger guys. Are, I mean, let's face it. I was it was twenty six years. That's, how long has it been? Ninety five, twenty six years. Yeah, something yeah. like yeah, yeah. That's right. So there's guys that played. Ten years ago, that are are out of baseball now. That that you watch, that we watched, and that since I've been retired, like okay, you know, get to meet some of the younger guys too. So there you it's go. Great. It's a great opportunity to catch up with everybody. Right. And, and then all the stories start coming out, and oh, then yeah. here comes the laughing. And it's the same stories, but they're so funny. You just keep laughing at them. <laughs> I love it. I love it so good. That's the best part, man. That is the best part. Yeah, absolutely. And next time you're up here uh, to see the Braves fans uh, and, the, and the alumni. Uh, come by and see Tug and I in the studio. We'll talk some more yeah, shop. I love sure it. Oh, by the way, guys, I want to thank both of you uh, for your service in the military and the things you guys have gone through and done. I mean, that's uh, we can't thank you guys enough. Man, it's uh, it was my honor for sure. And 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 I know Scott's family is uh, is a military family. He's certainly proud of what they've done too. But it's been just a pleasure and an honor to speak for you. Uh, speak speak for you. Speak to you <laughs> here uh, here today on the uh, Braves Country podcast. And like I said, anytime you're around, we would love to have you in. And if anybody's down in the Bahamas, make sure you go and visit uh, Brad at the incredible resort Bahamar. And you can find him on the web at bahamar.com. Brad, thanks so much. Look forward to uh, to seeing you real soon and, and talking to you real soon. And a, a true champion, a uh, member of the Virginia Tech Hall of Fame, and uh, and a world champion with our Atlanta Braves. Thanks so much, buddy. Appreciate you guys. Yes, man. Appreciate absolutely. God bless right. you, buddy. God bless you. What a great dude, Clancy, as uh, Bobby Cox calls him. You know what I'm saying? I do. Uh, just an awesome guy, fun to talk to, and you can tell that he's just as he's got just as much fire today as he did 26 years ago when he won the World Series as a rookie. And you know, one thing about him that we didn't really talk about is he was in line to be the closer uh, there in '95. He was kind of battling with Warlers at first out of spring training, and then Bobby went with Warlers and and started using Klontz as more of a setup guy, a special, uh, you know, like a, what, a specialist. Yeah. To show you that team mentality that Klontz learned from Bobby and Leo. And Virginia Tech, I'm sure, he didn't fight that. He he embraced that. And then the next season in 96, he had an incredible year as the specialist for the Braves. So really a Braves legend, if you think about it. Those middle relief guys, they don't get enough credit. No doubt about it. And uh, anybody that's been uh, a Braves player, I'm a fan of. Yeah, and I'm a fan of him even more now, having talked to him, because I've never had the pleasure of doing that before. So, yeah, Brad Klontz. Just a, uh, a Braves legend, and if you get a chance to uh, meet him and shake his hand, you should. And if you get a chance to go to the Bahamas, take me, and that way I can go with you. We'll shake his hand together. Let's all go. <laughs> That's right. That's it for the Braves Country podcast here on the Atlanta Braves Radio Network. This episode of Braves Country is sponsored by our Braves fan friends down at Century 21, Solomon Properties in Savannah, Georgia, servicing the historic downtown Savannah area, the island area, and Atlanta's beach, beautiful Tybee Island, Georgia. Call Joel Solomon today. 
That's 912-604-0896 for all your real estate needs on the Georgia coast. Braves Country also sponsored by Smith's Old Bar, best live music venue in Atlanta since 1994, located in the heart of Midtown at 1578 Piedmont Avenue. Smith's Old Bar is a neighborhood joint for everyone. Check out smithsoldbar.com for the current concert calendar and tickets. See y'all at Smith's. The Braves Country Podcast supports the Warrior Alliance and the Shepherds Men. Check out thewarrioralliance.com and shepherdsmen.com for more info, resources, and how to get involved. That's thewarrioralliance.com and theshepherdsmen.com. The Braves Country Podcast would like to thank all of our veterans. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair? Foundations sink or settle. These issues need to be addressed. It only becomes more costly the longer you put it off. What is the biggest cause of foundation problem? Either poor construction, inferior site preparation, or weather. Drought causes cracks in your foundations. If you see any signs of foundation issues, please contact us at atlantaramjack.com. 